Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Here is he kind of he kind of shifts the focus from the adults, and then he goes to the children. Look what it says in verse seven. It says, "Impress them on your children." Moses longed for these parents to share it with their kids. The transformation couldn't stop at the adults. It needed to be passed on to the kids as well. There was a responsibility, Moses said, for the parents to share these truths with their children. And get this, the children would not only learn by what they heard, but also by what they saw as their parents' lives were being transformed before their very eyes. Moses continues in verse 7, he says this, he says, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Moses didn't want these children just to be told what to believe. I think sometimes we do that. What he wanted was this, he wanted them to hear it, yes, he wanted them to see it, but he also wanted them to be able to talk about it with their parents. Because by talking about it, he knew it would help them embrace it for themselves. Because here's the thing, is God is a relational God. And so what he wanted is this, is he wanted every one of those little children to make a personal choice to love him. Because God didn't want a relationship with the children through their parents. He wanted a personal relationship with them. Now, listen to what Moses says next. He says this in verse 8 and 9. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, the Jewish people literally did this. In fact, they still do it today. In fact, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem and I, had to, I went to the Wailing Wall. And uh, you'll see that these Jewish, these Jewish people, when they go to the wall, they will actually tie things to their hands. They'll actually bind stuff to their foreheads and they have a little, and there's scripture in it. In fact, I'll never forget when I walked to the Wailing Wall, they wanted to grab me and tie things to me because they thought I was a rabbi because of my big beard, right? And I said, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. Not that it wasn't a good practice, all right? But here's the thing I want to tell you is there was a deeper meaning here when when Moses said this. Because what Moses wanted these people to do is this, is the people of Israel needed to show physical evidence of what they believed. In other words, Moses wanted them to live it out. You see, the surrounding nations needed to look at Israel and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they knew God and they loved God. They needed to stand out because these people were a beacon for God where God had placed them. They needed to know that they knew God and they loved God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their minds. God spoke these things through Moses because God wanted these families of Israel to have the proper perspective of who he was and how to relate to him. Now, before we go any further, let me just kind of quickly summarize what we've talked about so far here, right? So Moses has basically given the families of Israel a proper perspective that will help them wade through the messiness of life. And this perspective, follow me, is twofold. Knowing God 
and loving God. Now, you guys all know I'm a visual learner. I'm the pastor with the props. I get that. Well, I got a prop for you today, all right? I want you to imagine that this perspective is kind of like a baton. What God was doing was this, is God gave the baton to Moses and then instructed him to give it to the Israelites. But God didn't want it to stop there. He so desperately wanted these Israelites to pass this, this baton to their children because this perspective was not only to guide their lives, but also to guide their children's life, and as a result, guide their families. It was a hope in the midst of the messiness. Now, I believe that God is giving us the same baton, the same perspective as families. It is a perspective which will help us in the midst of the messiness as a family. Now, let me stop you just for a moment. I want to stop and just think about this perspective that God has given us. Because if you don't understand this perspective and just the, the impact of it, you're probably going to just leave it behind. Okay? Get this. The first thing God does is this. Is he invites us to know him. God invites us to know him. Think about this for a moment. The creator of the universe allows his creation to have a glimpse of who he is. Now, just think about that, because I think so often we think, we go, oh, God is bigger than you could possibly imagine. In fact, I read somewhere that if God actually allowed you to fully understand him, you would die because your, your brain would explode literally because you could not comprehend it, all right? And so here's God, the creator, saying, you know what? I'm going to allow my creation to have a glimpse of me. I don't know about you, but if you, if you sit and think about that, that should actually send chills down your spine. That God values, that values that you that much and wants that relationship with you that he's willing to say, okay, I'm going to allow you to understand just a glimpse of who I am. Right? And second, what he says is this, is he invites, he, God invites us to love him. So not only does God allow us, or God, not only God make himself known to us, but he allows us to love him through his son, Jesus Christ. And here's the cool thing, is our love for God becomes a reflection of the kind of love that God has for us. And that love begins to affect every relationship that we have in a really positive way. Now, I believe this. If we truly understand that, then we understand how powerful this perspective is. And we're going to embrace it. We're going to say, yeah, I want to love God. I want to know God. Because God is willing to make himself known and make a way through his only son, Jesus Christ, to know him and love him in that way. So, the big question is this, is where do we go from here? How do we play this out in our lives? And what do we do with this perspective? I want to challenge you with two things. Okay, write these down. 
That's what you want to walk away with. The first thing is this, is God is offering it to you individually. You have to accept it. It's your choice. You have to accept it. Remember what Moses said. He said this, these commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. When it comes to the family, we're talking about messy families here this morning, there is a parental priority here. Because here's the thing, it begins with us. God must be all important to us or he'll never be important to our kids. See what I said? God must be all important to us or he will never be important to our kids. Our heart must be right, and the heart here is a metaphor for our will. So our will must be right. Now, here's the thing. I'm not talking here about perfect performance. Because in knowing God and loving God, we're going to mess up. Do you know how I know that? It's because we're all sinful. So I'm not talking about perfect performance. What I'm talking about here, and this kind of frees you up, is perfect desire. See, I can still mess up, but I can have a perfect desire and say, you know what, everything I have, I want to know God, and I want to love God. And so what we have to ask ourselves is this, especially as parents, is we've got to ask ourselves some tough questions. And the first question is this. This one may hurt. Do we really want to know and love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind? So let me just tell you something. I'm going to shoot from the hip. Just because you're here this morning doesn't mean you want to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and that you want to know Him in that way. It doesn't. I'm sure, I'm sure that all of us want to know and love Him, but are we willing to go to that depth? And that's what Moses is calling the people of Israel to, and that is what God is calling us to. Is this a supreme thing in our lives? Because we can talk about this till the cows come home, but the fact is, it starts with me. It starts with us. We need to know that, uh, that, that, that God, we need to know that, that as, we need to, sorry, we must know God as the one and only true God. Nothing or no one can be more important than him. Now the Israelites, they were surrounded by pagan nations. And here's the thing that's interesting, is you read the Old Testament and you notice that these pagan gods, these pagan idols kind of pop up every so often. And when they pop up in the stories in the Old Testament, it always distracts the Israelites from worshiping God. Now, if I came into your home, I can almost guarantee you that you would not have a golden idol sitting on your mantle. Okay? You probably wouldn't. But there are things in our lives, listen to me, that distract us from worshiping God. And we don't call them idols. Do you know what we call them? priorities. And these priorities on their own are not necessarily bad unless we prioritize them over God. And here's the thing, it could be work, it could be education, it could be sports, it could be money. Whatever it is, anything that replaces God as the one and only true God in our lives is an idol. Now, get, now I get this. There is pressure. 
There is pressure to keep up with the Joneses, right? We want our kids involved in all these programs. We want to do this. We want to do this. But get this. In the same way the pagan nations that surrounded Israel pressured them with their false idols, listen to me, this world every day is pressuring us with its false idols as well. And that is why the Israelites had the Shema because it reminded them of who God is. And so we need to constantly remind ourselves individually, but also as families, who God is, and we need to make sure that he remains our top priority. And I'm gonna tell you something right now, listen to me. Doing this will not be popular. In fact, if you put God first in your life, in your family, you will face persecution. Because 1 Timothy says this, anyone who desires to live a godly life for Christ will be persecuted. Not maybe, but will. And so if we're going to make that stand, if we're going to make Jesus that priority and God that priority, we need to be willing to stand up even when it's not popular. Listen to me, we're not about the praise of man. And being popular is all about the praise of man. I can just speak for myself, I want the praise of God. And from what I understand, knowing God and loving God, that is the only way we're going to get it. And I'll tell you something, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher in this world to be a Christian. You say anything on Facebook about anything that's godly, there, people come right at you. Right? But we've got to be willing to make that stand. We've got to make sure that God stays in his rightful place, our top priority. It says this, we also must love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. Our love cannot be divided. We cannot have one foot in the world and one foot with God. We just can't. We're either all in or we're all out. There's no middle ground. Now, remember I said earlier, it's not about perfect performance because we're going to mess up because we're sinners, right? We have a sinful nature. It's about perfect desire. Say, okay, to the best of my ability, my desire is to know and love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all of my strength because it's our love for God that needs to motivate our lives, right? So, the first thing we have to do is this, is God offers this to us, we have to accept it. Now, this next part, I want to talk to parents. Because if we have kids, if God has blessed us that way, we need to be willing to pass it as well. Moses says this. He says, impress God's truth on your children. And I want you to notice what he says here. He doesn't say to force or manipulate. It says to impress. And to impress has the idea of leaving an imprint. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is this, is how do we imprint God's truth on our kids? And the answer is this, is we need to live it out in front of them. We cannot expect our kids to go somewhere where we're not willing to go ourselves. Now understand this, our words are important as we impart God's truth to them. But those words must be accompanied by our actions because all of us know this. Our actions speak louder than our what? Than our words. They need to see it in our lives before they will believe it for themselves. And it also says here we're told to talk about it when we sit at, when we sit at home and when we walk along the road and when we lie down and when we get up. In other words, it needs to be a natural part of our day. It's not just an event. It's not just sitting your kids down and saying, okay, this is what God says. 
It's actually showing our kids how God is intertwined in every day of our lives because He's there. And we need to show our kids that He is there with us all the time. And what I would say is this, it's actually continual. It's not going to stop. Because here's the thing, is as your knowledge and as your love deepen, God's going to show you new things. And that means you're going to be able to share things with your kids that you've never shared before. And here's the thing, another thing is what well, interesting. As parents, if you're a parent here today, listen to me. I don't think it ever stops until you die. You're like, seriously? I just got them out of the house. They're married. They have their own lives. No, I don't think it ever stops. My parents are in their 70s. And my parents still share with me what God's been teaching them. And I'll tell you something. Every time they do, it impacts me. And the cool thing is, if they don't just share it with me, but they share it with, my, with their grandkids. And if God blesses them, they will share it with their great-grandkids. Because for them, this is part of every day. They live it. It's a lifestyle. It's not an event. This is where God's showing up. They want to make sure that they, we understand, even as a 48-year-old. I know I don't look it, but I'm 48. All right? They want to know, Dave, even though you're 48, this is what God's doing in my life. I won't say how old my mom is. That's, not rude. That's rude. My dad's 72. As a 72-year-old, right? Because they want to see it. Because here's the thing. Every time they share something with us, you talk to my wife, you talk to my son, you talk to my daughter, you talk to me, every time they do it, listen to me, they leave an imprint on my life on my, and on my kids' lives because that is the kind of legacy that they want to leave. And my question to you as parents is this, is what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Now, this passage also says this, that the Israelites would literally tie them as symbols on their hands and bind them on their foreheads. Now, I'm not saying we're going to do that. If you want to do that, hey, I won't judge you, okay? I'm sure it's great. But here's the thing I want to tell you, is there needs to be physical evidence of what we believe. When people look at us, they need to know that we know God and that we love God by the way we interact with them personally, but also if God's blessed us, how we behave as a family. What do they look at? What do they see? Now, I want to speak here for a moment as a parent. I'm going to take the pastor hat off. I'm going to put the parent hat on. And I want to share with you a conclusion that I've come to over the last few years. And uh, I wrestled with God on this one, but God won. Right? This is what he told me. He said that my wife and I are the primary influencers in our kids' lives. There's no arguing about it. We are the ones who are primarily responsible for their physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Now, I'm not saying others don't contribute because they do, but listen to me. As a parent, I cannot pass that responsibility off to someone else. I can't. Especially in the area of their spiritual well-being. I can't. God has given me those kids, entrusted me with Bobby and Emma, and I have got to make sure that I am the primary influencer. And I can only do that if I am walking with God myself. 
because I can't lead my kids anywhere that I've never been myself. I can't. Now, I've used this illustration before. I'm going to use it again because I think it's really powerful when you actually see this. I know a lot of you are looking at these gumballs and going, I wonder if Pastor Dave's going to share. No. Here's the thing. Is you don't want these because they're like three years old and they're probably, they'll probably break your teeth and your parents won't love me after that. So here's the thing. is All of these gumballs, one of these gumballs represents an hour. One hour. Okay? In this jar, there were 40 gumballs. I counted them. Okay? What this means is this. If you have kids involved in our ministry, either children's ministry or youth ministry, or yeah, those two things, on an average, if they come faithfully, we have about 40 hours a year with them. Everyone's like, how do you know that? How do you? Okay. I, just, I believe the people that gave it to me, okay? So it's about 40 hours, okay? This is what we have. And I can speak on behalf of Catherine, Andrew, and myself, is we maximize this. We do not waste this because we know this is precious time in your kids' lives. But I want you to see how many hours we have compared to how many hours we have as a parent with our kids, okay? So I'll be right back. The key is you got to lift with your legs here. So, Oh, yeah, okay. This is a workout. Okay. I'll be back. All right, now, if you know this, don't yell it out. But the thing is, if you don't know what the number is, can anyone count how many gumballs are here really quick? No? All right. There's about 3,000. I actually counted them. They took a long time. So, 3,000. And what do those gumballs represent? One hour. So as a parent, now again, people say, how do you figure that out? This is just the statistic, all right? 3,000 hours a year with your kid. We have 40 as a church. You have 3,000. Who has the bigger influence? You do. In fact, think about this. If we have your kid from JK, let's say 12X, let's give them the victory lap, okay? So 12X, we've got them for 15 years. If you do the math, that's 600 hours. So when your kid from JK to grade 12X comes, we have 600 hours with them. Listen to me, that is one-fifth of what you have in one year. And so I don't know about you, but as a parent, because I'm thinking as a parent here, I look at this, I get very overwhelmed. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. But here's the thing I want to remind you, you're not alone. Because the one thing that we've committed to as a church is this, is that we want to help you as parents maximize this because we know how important that is. And that is why we have an amazing children's director who has an incredible children's program. That's why we do it as a church because we want to invest money in that because we know we want to help you. That's why we have a really strong youth ministry, and Andrew's a great job, and I oversee the senior high, and we invest in it. And so here's the thing. If you have kids that come to our kids' program or our youth ministry, every week they come, and there's a group of leaders who volunteer to love on your kids. Why? Because we want to help you with this. That is one reason we have small groups, because we want to support you individually and as a couple, so you have relationships that you can build together. That is one reason why, you know, three or four times a year, we do these parent huddles, because we want to support you as a parent. And by the way, we have one coming up June the 1st, all right? We're going to talk about how to develop a spiritually healthy family. 
But this is what I want you to get. Listen to me. Listen to me. Please listen to me. We can provide all this for you because we know you have this. But we can't make you come. We're not going to come to your door and force your kids into our programs. We're not going to make you join a small group. We're not going to make you come to our parent huddles. But the fact is, is the choice is yours. And so the question you've got to ask yourself if you're a parent is this. Is it a priority? Is it a priority for you to know God and love God? And is it a priority for you, your kids, to know and love God? And I know that's a tough question to ask, and I know some are like, I can't believe you asked me that. Well, who's asking you that then? Because Moses says this, it's to know God and to love God. That's the key. That's the perspective that we need to embrace. So, let me, cl- let me recap what we discovered this morning. We discovered this, is that we have realized that families are messy. That's part of life. But in the midst of that messiness, there is hope, and that hope is a proper perspective. And that proper perspective is twofold, right? It's knowing God, giving God His rightful place in our lives as the one and only true living God. And then it's loving God with all our heart, with our soul, and with all our strength. Total commitment. And then we said this perspective is kind of like a baton that God offers to us. And we have to do two things with it. First of all, we have to accept it. It starts with us. We have to embrace the truth of God in our lives. And if God has blessed us with kids, we must pass it on to them. And that means living it out in front of them and talking about it. I'm going to tell you, grandparents, don't check out. Please, do not check out. Because from what I'm reading in my office, grandparents make a bigger influence than you think. Grandparents make a huge influence because they're family. It means living this out and talking about it on a daily daily part of our lives. Because remember, 40, 3,000. Now, Don't get overwhelmed, because as a church, we want to do everything we can to support you in this task that God has entrusted to you. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.